DDCO at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Today, we have a little bit of a check-in for you. Uh, it's been a while since we've released an episode. Jeremy has been out of the country. Um, we will be going to a game a few days from now, but we just wanted to check in and release a little something since uh, quite a few things have happened since the last time we uh, were on the air. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, because um, even the last episode that came out, we we kind of banked that one. Um, so I've been out of the country since uh, May twenty eighth. Uh, yeah, and, and we're recording this on June twelfth. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, um, I uh, I went to a Brewers game on June second. So just a couple of days after you left the country, uh, Jeremy, um, I went uh, in in Miller Park uh, with my family. Uh, the Brewers played the uh, San Diego Padres. And uh, that would turn out to be the first game of a nine-game losing streak for them. Um, they had won the previous night, and then they dropped uh, They dropped every game up until, uh, it might have been yesterday or today. I, I can't remember. Did, did they win last night? Um, I'm not, I think they did. I'm not, they won today for sure. Yeah, so. they, they definitely won today. So any, anyway, that losing streak is <clears> over. <throat> Um, well, Jack, uh, yeah. real quick, I was going to say, you know, like last time I, last time I left the country, the Cubs didn't win a game. And so this <laughs> time, uh, the, the Brewers almost didn't win a game the whole time I was gone. That's right. I, I remember that though. You were in Spain that time, right? Uh, yeah. Portugal. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Portugal. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's funny, Jeremy. You don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tony LaRusso might be sweating if you left the country again, right. you know, so don't, you know, somebody else is going to go on a losing streak. Not that he's not. <laughs> Anyway, but um, yeah, yeah so he it doesn't was, need it, me to leave the country to, to go on a losing streak. <laughs> uh, so it was a cool, uh, it, was, it was a pretty cool game though. Uh, it was Corbin Burns versus Joe Musgrove was the pitching matchup. Burns had a terrible game. He got he got lifted uh, after I think three and two thirds innings. Um, uh, Musk uh, Machado Manny Machado hit a three run home run for the Padres. So it's it's always cool to see uh, you know the best players uh, play well. Uh, Joe Musgrove for the Padres who uh, was having a really good season. He had a no hitter going uh, through seven and two thirds, oh, wow. uh, so there were two out, two outs in the eighth inning, um, and they were going to let him go for it. He uh, he had 114 pitches uh, with two outs in the eighth, and there was nobody warming up in the bullpen. Um, so finally, with uh, with those two outs in the eighth, Colton Wong doubled, um, and you know they immediately got someone someone uh, warming up. I, I thought it was interesting though. You know, you think, well, why uh, you know why wouldn't they have anybody warming up? But uh, it's a whole baseball thing of, like, you're not supposed to acknowledge the fact that there's a no-hitter going on, um, you know. And I think the very act of warming a pitcher up when Musgrove had a no-hitter going would be to acknowledge, like, hey, we know we're going to take this guy out if he gives up a hit. So, like, it must have been a superstition thing that they just didn't have anybody warming up. I, I don't know what other way to explain not warming up a pitcher, um, you know, when, when your starter is throwing 114 pitches in a, in a game that's taking place in June. Um, but anyway, it would have been cool to see Musgrove get it. Uh, it would have been his second no-hitter. That, re- that really separates you from a lot of guys, you know, if you've thrown mm-hmm. two of them. Um, you know, he wanted it. Uh, credit to Bob Melvin for letting him try to get it. Uh, and, you know, one other thing, Jeremy, if, if, if they didn't warm anybody up so as not to acknowledge the no-hitter, 
what was Dusty Baker's excuse in, in game six of the 2003 World Series uh, or NLCS? <laughs> we'll never know. Um, no, maybe, but yeah. anyway, it was it was it was cool, though. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I know that like some starting pitchers don't like to have like guys warming up or something like or, you know, like um, until they're like in trouble or something like I don't I, or maybe even like just any pitcher doesn't like that. But it's it's it seems like a silly rule. Um yeah, I don't know um, why they wouldn't have a guy warming up. But uh, Jack, were you so were you upset that Colton Wong got the hit, even though you're a Brewers fan? Um, honestly, yeah, I, I wanted to see the no hitter. Um, yeah. I, I was, I was. The Brewers were they played they played a shit game up until that point. So it's like, well, you know, they're not. There's no chance. They're only down five runs, but there's still no chance of them winning this game. They're, it's just not going to happen. So we might as well see something cool. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a pretty big story if Musgrove would have gotten his second. Um, and yeah, man, you know, I'd, I'd never seen a no hitter before. So I got my first foul ball last month. Um, why not knock another one off the list? You know, um, yeah. it wasn't to be, but, uh, but, but I got pretty close this time. Yeah. I was going to, I have a friend who, um, <clears throat> he's a Mets fan <clears throat> and he saw, um, I think Max Scherzer no hit the Mets maybe. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm like, oh, well, you know, Hey, that had to be pretty cool. Like, even though it was against your team, he's like, no, man, it was horrible. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, geez, man, it's like, it's only one game, you know, it's like to see history, like. Like, you know, the, I, the game I saw the Hamels no hit the Cubs and I'm like, I was ecstatic. I was like, um, I was super like, you know, I'm super thankful that I got to see a no hitter. And, um, yeah, Chris Bryant made the last out of the game. And if he would have hit like, you know, a single with two outs in the ninth, like I kind of would have been pissed off at him. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was definitely rooting for the no hitter at that point, even though it was against my brooding interests. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, uh, I had good seats for that game. We we were like 10th row behind the Brewers dugout. And, you know, if, if Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain aren't going to look like they give a shit when they're walking back to the dugout between innings, like why, you know, why should I care? So, uh, yeah, but ultimately though, it was fun. It's always good to go to a game and I hadn't been to Miller park in a while. So that was, uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah. So, um, let's hear about your trip. Yeah, yeah, I should get into it. Um, well, uh, so so yeah, so like uh, May twenty eighth, that was um, <clears throat> uh, we f- I flew out. I went with my my wife and my in laws, uh, and like her um, her sister and brother in law, uh, the whole clan like flew to uh, Scotland. We flew into Edinburgh, Edinburgh, um, and uh, we were supposed to do this like uh, bus tour through Scotland. And then um, after, like, that was, like, a week-long tour. And then we were supposed to fly to Ireland uh, afterwards to Dublin and spend, like, like four days there. Uh, you'll notice that I'm using the word, suppo- the word supposed to <laughs> because <laughs> um, on uh, that, like, Wednesday, I think it was, um, of the trip, it would have been the 1st of June, which is, incidentally, when the last episode dropped. I think in the last episode... I said, um, when you, when you guys are listening to this, I'll be in the Highlands of Scotland, um, which was true. Uh, but, uh, I also would also have COVID (laughs) during, (laughs) during that time. So, um, yeah, so I got COVID on the trip. Um, and, uh, you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so I would get, I would go on to get COVID. Um, and then, um, my, my sister-in-law got it, 
uh, like two days later, um, or tested positive two days later. Uh, and then my wife got it like the day after her. And then my brother-in-law got it uh, like a day or two after my wife did. So all four of us, uh, my in-laws luckily didn't uh, didn't get it, um, but uh, it wiped out, you know, all of us. And uh, yeah, so I had to like leave the, uh, the tour um, <laughs> and uh, I was holed up in this, this hotel room um, and we were in literally the middle of nowhere like there was nothing you couldn't walk to anything so like there was no way to like walk to get like any like medication or anything um i barely got like a signal on my phone um i i didn't even i couldn't even like watch tv so it's not like number one number two there was all it was you know i was in scotland and it was just weird bbc programming and stuff so that you know it's not like i could have put on like a baseball game or like uh, Seinfeld or something. So, um, so that was rough, but honestly, that first day when I was like, when I had it, like I couldn't even like look at my phone or watch TV. So it, it was kind of a moot point a little bit. Um, and then we had to like, I had to like leave the hotel because, um, uh, you know, the, the, the tour was only supposed to be there for like two days. And so they were like having in a new tour. So like, the, the, the company who like did the, I'm kind of glad that we like did it through this like company, this, this travel company, whatever, because, uh, they did kind of like help kind of like shuffle me and like the group around. Um, so anyway, they, they, we were supposed to go to Glasgow. And so I ended up taking a train to Glasgow, um, and not in good shape. And I think that's probably pretty highly unethical, but like, <laughs> um, it was, uh, there's also no restrictions in Scotland. It's completely like wide open. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, so then I, I got to Glasgow, uh, on that Thursday and I, I was laid up there, um, until, um, like the following Thursday. So a whole week. And then we were able to fly home. So it was, uh, not the trip that we were planning on. Um, but I did, I, I had, there were like three days before I got sick that we got to like do the trip. And then like, I was better. I was good. I was okay enough to like, kind of go out and, you know, see Glasgow a little bit, um, before we came home. So I was able to salvage a little bit at the end, but, uh, not quite what, what we had in mind for the, for the big trip. Yeah, Christ, that's unfortunate. Um, so you know, at, at any point, were you able to like watch, uh, watch baseball games or anything, or were you just kind of stranded without, you know, without um, anything. I did. Uh, I watched um, the Caleb Killian game. Um, nice. I watched like the first couple innings, but it didn't start till like midnight. Yeah, um, sure. In Scotland, and uh, I was uh, my whole like number one. Obviously, there's jet lag, so Scotland is six hours ahead of of where we're at in Chicago. So that you know makes it complicated. Uh, day games are awesome because day games start at like I think like six p.m. there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's cool. But, but night game started like midnight. So, um, but my, so, so not only was I off just like from, from the time difference, but like, um, you know, I was like sleeping, like, you know, for like four hours in the middle of the day and then awake for two and then sleeping, like my whole sleep schedule was completely thrown off. So I think I actually like slept for a couple hours and woke up, watched like the first couple hours of the game until Caleb Killian left. And then, uh, 
you know, then just went to bed or whatever. But uh, so, yeah, I saw a little bit here and there, but that was really the only extended bits that I got to watch of baseball. Yeah, I, I was going to say you were, you were probably a little pissed that Caleb Killey had made that debut when he did. Um, I mean, he debuted on a second game of a doubleheader. I think it was a Saturday night home game. Yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, man, Jeremy probably would have tried to go to that game. Yeah, probably. Um, I know these those those odd Friday and Saturday night games. Like I find myself at those more, more times than not. Um, but yeah, no, totally. I probably would have tried to go to that. I also miss. I think I missed like the Matt Swarmer debut, and I also missed yeah. like Anderson Espinoza debuted for the Cubs. So I was missed a lot. Of, oh, um, Nelson v- Velasquez got called up. Like I was missing a lot of stuff. I did go back and like watch highlights from from all of those um, call ups, but. Uh, yeah, it was a weird time. It was there was just like a slew of um, call ups that I missed. It'd be weird if Swarmer and Schwarber were on the same team together. I know. I feel like Swarmer is like it's probably the other way around, but it's like someone one of those is is the same name with like a speech impediment or something, like a lisp <laughs> or something. But um, yeah, I've heard people say Swarmer, and like I think they're trying to say Schwarber or whatever but um yeah uh um yeah it was uh, I don't know it was interesting I also like had a connecting flight in uh in New Jersey Newark um and like I kind of didn't even really realize the, the Cubs were playing the Yankees I'm like maybe I would have like you know try to like like take that that last leg like later and stay like a day and then catch the Cubs uh Yankees that would have been cool it's kind of a bummer that I was like there couldn't go to the game. Um, as it turns out, it was probably for the best because uh, it did not go well for the Cubs uh, in in the Bronx this weekend. But um, but yeah, so that was um, that was kind of like the trip there. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was weird, and I'm still like still kind of trying to like shake off the last effects of, of COVID. But uh, yeah, man, it was uh, yeah, you know, two two plus years of uh, being careful. Uh, and then like this, this trip comes along, you step foot in the airport and I can't, I have to imagine that I got it at the airport. I can't imagine like, you know, yeah, the airport or on the, on the plane, but I was wearing my mask. There was a, I was, I was definitely in the minority of people wearing their masks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you step foot in the friggin' airport and then you get COVID and there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, well now you have a, you know, uh, I, I don't immunity? know. I was going to say maybe a little little bit of uh, more immunity, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what well, the science is behind that, that. There, yeah. There's a yeah. I was I was looking I was looking into that actually because I'm like, well, you know, can, can there be some sort of advantage to this? Um, uh-huh. And I think I think the science says like like three months uh, okay. of immunity, but like barring like a different strain or a different variant. So. Oh. Yeah, whenever the next variant comes along, it, it might be moot. But uh, I think I might, I think I might have a little some natural immunity going on right now, or coming up, or whatever. So, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. You ever see a uh, Lethal Weapon Two? <laughs> no. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and then Danny Glover says, "Has just been revoked." Uh, <laughs> after he shoots him, so maybe you have diplomatic immunity too. Did you get to go to any pubs in Ireland at all or anything? Well, Ireland never happened. It, oh, okay, right. Duh. Okay. Um, well, what about what about Scotland? We did we did go to a, a pub in Scotland um, and had some whiskey. Um, okay. So that was pretty cool. Um, a couple, I guess we went to a couple of pubs actually. Um, so yeah, 
got to do a little bit of that. Like, it, you know, I, we did we did do a lot the first couple of days. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, like, is a really cool uh, city. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's like Edinburgh, but like yeah. they pronounce it Edinburgh. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, we we did a lot there, and uh, we were doing pretty well for ourselves. And it turns out, like, I'm glad we we did a lot because that was going to be the bulk of the trip. So, um, so yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, and you mentioned you haven't spoiled this for me yet, but you mentioned you saw somebody at I think it was the Newark Airport, right? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, when we flew back Thursday, uh, it's Sunday as we're, we're recording this. So I've been back for a couple of days now, but um, we were flying uh, back. We had to like get um, a plane. The plane la- uh, left at like nine o'clock Scotland time, so we had to wake up, and then we were in Glasgow, so we had to take a cab like a taxi to to Edinburgh, which was like an hour drive or something. Um, so we had to get up really early. Uh, so it was a long day of travel, obviously. So then it's like seven hours, eight hours, like to Newark. And then we had a connection in Newark. And Newark was fucking a disaster. Like we had like two hours, two maybe two, two and a half hours of layover. But like, we had to like get off the plane, go through customs, <clears throat> get our bags, drop our bags back off, then go through security, then go to the fucking like terminal. It was a fucking nightmare. And like it's a nightmare in general, but it's a nightmare coming up from an eight hour flight where you wake up like super early in the morning and, and also like fucking having COVID. Um, it was a, it was it was a nightmare. And like it was like cold in Scotland and like warm in New York. And so it was just it was just a total bummer. So we finally get through like all this, like all these friggin' like, you know, the, the zoo maze, like, uh, like lines back and forth and back and forth, like going through that, that queue to get to like security and all this stuff. And we finally get through and we're heading to uh, like our gate and like the, the, our plane is like boarding. Like it's, it's, it's like maybe like two minutes to boarding. And so like, that means that we're going to get to our gate and like, there's gonna be no time to like sit down, get food, go to the bathroom, whatever. And so we're like kind of rushing through and we're like, put, uh, we're like just, yeah, kind of getting hurrying to get through. And we had just gotten through security. So then we're like walking down like the main concourse of the airport to our gate. And there's other like security checkpoints, you know, that we're passing along the way. And so like people are just coming out and like kind of, you know, when you go through security at the airport, like you, for, you feel like you've just been violated, you know, you have to take your shoes off and like. They shuffle you through this thing. You go through that scanner that's probably giving you cancer, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. all this stuff happens. You, you come through and you're kind of just in a daze. <clears throat> and so I'm I'm coming. We're, we're going to our gate and there's all these people who have just come out and like in a daze. And I'm walking. I'm like, I'm kind of looking at them. I'm like, we're at Newark Airport, which is tech, which is in New Jersey. But like it's it's one of the places you fly into when you go to New York. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll see a celebrity. I don't know. So I was just like looking around like at the people and like, sure enough, I walk by this guy and he looks familiar. And, uh, I, um, uh, he's, he's kind of, he ha- kind of has that look in his eyes. Like, it's like, whew, okay. Just got through security. And I, I'm like walking up next to him and I, I point at him and I go, Sean Casey, big fan. And, wow. uh, so it was Sean Casey from MLB network and from the, the Cincinnati reds. And sure. he's like, and who's also like a super, they call him the mayor. He's like a super nice, he has the reputation of being a super nice guy. Um, and so I go, Sean Casey, big fan. He's like, Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And I'm like, yeah, man, like awesome to see you. And he's like, 
hey, thanks a lot, man. Like, you know, real cool. Thank, thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. And like, I was like, I was, and I was like rushing to get to my gates. So I was like, like kind of like, I was kind of like walking past him and like still like looking at him. And I like pointed at him like when I said, hey, Sean Casey. And so like, he was actually still kind of talking and I was like, all right, man, I got, I got to go. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was super cool. And it was like, you know, it's not the hugest sighting in the world, but like at, after going through all that bullshit, um, it was cool to see someone and like, and also like for him to be like super cool about it. So, uh, it was a cool celebrity, uh, sighting and it was a fucking baseball player. Like of all the, you know, could have seen any celebrity actor, TV star, whatever. But of course I saw a baseball player. So there you go. That's freaking great, man. And he was a really good player too. If you look at his career stats, he had over 300. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hit 300. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, he had, he had three three oh two for his career in over fourteen hundred games. That's uh that's not too shabby. Yeah, pretty impressive. Um yeah, yeah. He's uh you know, he he's put up legit numbers. Um I it's kind of funny because like, you know, I knew him as a baseball player and everything. I actually think he might be part of that group that came up like when I, you know, was like kind of missed out like then that like Lance Berkman era. But um Maybe he's a little bit before them, but, uh, you know, I, I've definitely have come to know him a lot on MLB network and he is, he is a total goofball. Um, and I think if I would have like had time to talk to him, I probably would have mentioned some of the stuff like he's done on MLB network. But, um, there was a funny clip where he like gets like, I think he gets thrown out from left field or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, it it was a really bad clip, but, um, but then he also like, he got inducted into like the reds hall of fame and he was like crying and stuff. Oh like, wow. Um and uh he's just he's kind of a goofball. So it's funny because um if you guys all recall back to twenty eighteen when we went to that Under Armour game, uh and I met Al Leiter and I thought Al Leiter was maybe kind of a, a cool guy based on how he was on MLB network. Uh and he turned out not to be. Uh this was cool that Sean Casey was cool. And like Jesus, man, I would rather be confronted in front of like Wrigley Field and a crowd of people than at an airport, honestly, because <laughs> it really is like just when you get through security, it's just like a fucking you're you have your I mean, your shoes are you have to like sit down and put your shoes on and put all your stuff back in your pockets. And it's, it's a nightmare. And so like he was he was really cool. And um, it was just one of those cool sightings where it was just like in passing, didn't ask, didn't ask, didn't have time to get an autograph, but just like a recognized thing and just keep moving, you know, so. Yeah, that's uh, that's freaking great, Jeremy. Well, that's uh, that's super cool, and I like like that you kind of big timed him too. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things. Where I I wouldn't. There wasn't even time to like. Yeah. Do anything because we were we were literally we got to the to the gate and they were boarding like our we it actually was like perfect like they were boarding our group number, and um I was like I'd really love to go to the bathroom and like just splash some water on my face, and um my wife was like, well, I guess you got time. Like, and so I just ran and did that and then got on the plane. It's like, I was like just dripping water when we got on. Then, uh, surprisingly enough, we were like seated in like priority plus, which is, I guess it's kind of like business class. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it's one step down from, um, uh, first class, which I've never sat in that before. And it was, it was like super awesome. So that was also a nice way to, to kind of do that like last leg of travel. So, yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, yeah, did you uh, get to like do any reading or anything while you were there? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the one thing. This is, I think, any any baseball related thing. There wasn't much, you know, baseball stuff in Scotland. Although I was wearing my Cubs hat um, in Scotland a little bit, but um, I was reading um, 
for our music fans out there, um, the Mark Lanigan uh, biography, uh, autobiography. Uh, it's called um, Sing Backwards and Weep. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Mark Lanigan um, was the singer for Screaming Trees, um, a, you know, Seattle uh, 90s grunge band. And uh, he's kind of like a kind of like a folk hero type of guy. Like he um, definitely like a heavy drug and drinking guy. And he passed. He sadly passed away um, back in February. Um, so I figured I'd read his book. And uh, I only read the first chapter, but um, he uh, he um, he talked about how he like only cared about baseball. Um, and like that was the only thing like he was like horrible in school got in trouble, failed, like didn't do any homework. The only thing like he cared about was baseball. And so, uh, and then he got kicked off the team because, um, he was failing his tests or whatever. So did not know that about Mark Lanigan. He's like, just like a tall kind of thin, like, yeah, like drinker, smoker, like rough guy. Like they famously, the screaming trees famously played on David Letterman back in like 94 or something. And he came, he showed up with like a black eye cause he had gotten into like a bar fight the night before. And like the drummer was so beat up that he couldn't actually play on the show. So that's the kind of guy he is. But apparently baseball was like his first love or whatever. So I, I don't know if they're going to get more into that in the in the book. It seems kind of like not. But uh, that was an interesting tie into baseball and uh, and and grunge with uh, Mark Lanigan. So I did get to read that a little bit on the on the tr- on the trip back. I was going to say, did you bring that with you for the trip or did you, uh, did yeah. you buy it while you were in Scotland? No, I, was, I, I, I brought it on the, on the plane. Just, uh, that's sure. about the only time I, I can read these days when I'm on a plane, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, some, uh, some, some baseball stuff happened too while you were gone. I think, I think within the span of a couple of days, both Joe Girardi and Madden got fired. I think Girardi might've got fired like June 1st and then Madden was, was fired a few days later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's funny. Like, I feel like the Joe Madden thing almost overshadowed the Joe Girardi thing. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, Girardi was, was one of those guys. Yeah, I guess it was, um, while I was gone. Um, yeah. So yeah, both of those guys got fired and, uh, (laughs) it's really, really leaving the spotlight over on the South side of Chicago with Tony La Russa. Um, Well, it's, yeah. Jeremy, like when when we saw the we saw the Angels like you know maybe a month and a half ago, like six weeks ago, it, yeah. it was uh, they, they were one of the good stories of the season. Um, and you know when you when you saw Joe Madden, uh, you know out of the dugout, like uh, you know with his cap off, like listening to the national anthem, and his, his socks pulled all the way up, you, you <laughs> thought there would would be no way that he would get fired five weeks from now, six weeks from now. But sure enough, he got canned. Uh, the Angels have been playing better lately. That that firing, it, to me, it almost seems like a little bit of an overreaction. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. When you know, when you lose twelve games in a row, it's uh, you know, any, anything can happen. Yeah, they could dismantle a World Series team because of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's surprising. I mean, like the Joe Girardi thing, I feel like was never really. I don't know. That one never really seemed to like make sense or pay off. Like I don't know if the I don't know. Were the Phillies even contending at any point during Girardi's no, tenure? No, I, I I saw this this weird thing on on Reddit how like in their last three hundred games they're exactly five hundred. Um, yeah. 
yeah, they, they just they haven't been any good. But you're you're right when you say that it uh, it really shines a light on on the White Sox. Um, <laughs> if those two guys are going to get fired, it's it's completely inexplicable that Tony Larusa is still managing the White Sox. The only possible explanation is because they're the White Sox, especially after the intentional walk thing over the weekend. Yeah, so that that um, intentional walk thing is is bad, and it's not going away, and people just keep referencing it, and then. <clears throat> not only did they did that happen, but then uh, Larusa came out and like was like um, all defensive about it too, and like what, what that was a big deal, like that wasn't an obvious move or whatever. Like, <laughs> just it's just a it's just a carnival of, of of jokes, like with with them, and like yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would be pretty upset about. Um, uh, I, I would be pretty upset as a White Sox fan for sure. Jack, do you like? Do you think? Do you feel like the Texas Rangers are a good team this year? No, um, I, I it, yeah. it, it's it's strange because they they signed some good guys. They I mean they signed Simeon and Seager, and mm-hmm. you know those those two guys uh, alone cost them about three hundred million dollars. But they haven't been any good this year, and I think they're under five hundred. Uh, they are under five hundred, but they are after today's game one game better than the White Sox. So, and I and I agree that they're not a good team either. But uh no. yeah, the the Rangers um they I think they might have won 2 out of 3 from the White Sox or um Yeah, they they did. So they took 2 out of 3. Did you did you see the ending of the game today? No. No, I, I didn't see it either, but I was listening to it on the radio and uh, uh Luis Robert got thrown out at third base trying to tag up uh uh, with two outs, and that that was the way the game ended. Um, and uh, he would have been the, the the tying run would have been at the plate. So basically, they needed a home run. Now the next guy up was Josh Harrison, but it it still made no sense to get thrown out at third base in that situation. It, it was another extra inning game, wasn't it? It was. They went on twelve innings today. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just a, a comedy of errors for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, like the. Yeah, I saw that in the standings. Like, I, I knew that they were playing the Rangers, and like, you know, you would think that the Sox would be able to handle the Rangers, but it turns out the Rangers have a better record than the Sox. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's to the point where the White Sox, like, like they should not be buyers. Like, I there, there's nothing that yeah. they can do that can help this team at this point. Like, no, they'd have to get uh-huh. like two pitchers and like a catcher and like. Uh, you know, maybe a first bat. Like, I don't even know what they like an outfielder. Like, I don't know what they could do to help this team at this point. Yeah, it, it almost seems too late to fire Tony Larusa. Yeah, uh, at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, and this this is exactly what you thought was going to happen in season one with Larusa, though. It it just took a whole another year for it to play out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think he had some missteps in the playoffs last year, but um, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, which which brings me to one of my topics, Jack, that I wanted to bring up, which was we had set the June we had set a deadline in our over unders episode. We had set a uh, an over under of June first for Tony Russo still managing the White Sox, and so he's he's hit the over, but um, you gotta and I tied it into Jason Hayward still being a Cub on June first. Um, and just a couple of days ago, the Cubs DFA'd Clint Frazier instead of yes, they did. instead of uh, Jason Hayward. But with Seiya Suzuki coming back, there's a lot of talk that the Cubs might finally cut cut bait on um, on Jason Hayward. So I'm like, maybe Jack, we should have made July first <laughs> the over under for both these guys. Because now I think now July first for both of these guys, I'm like. 
that's a that's a definite like target date for sure. Yeah, uh, mo- most definitely. And hey, I, I don't think June first was a bad call though. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, it sure. was either Frazier or Hayward for the Cubs, and I, I think you know. Frazier has so little history with the Cubs, and he's been terrible anyway, and he's been yeah. hurt. They were probably – and he, he was talking some smack about the Yankees, too. Like, <laughs> the guy just kind of seems to have, like, a, a big mouth. So they're probably just like, fuck this guy. Um, and the Larusa thing, uh, you know, the, the, the whole intentional walk thing, which should have been the straw that broke the camel's back, that happened, like, six days after June 1st. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you know – would, I, I don't think it was a bad call, but but you're right. I think July first. I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that they're going to make it. Yeah, I know. That's it makes it kind of feel good <laughs> being like a, a an odds maker. It's like, yeah, we were we were kind of right on the money. We'll see we'll see what happens, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I don't know. Um, it is. Uh, it's just. I, I mean, I almost feel bad. The the level of Schadenfreude like watching like the White Sox just kind of stumble and futz around and, and kind of um, squander this window that they're having. It's it's not good for the like if the Sox were good, at least like we're Chicagoans, like it would be good for the city. But like it's just it's almost more fun to watch them fuck it up than to, to be good. <laughs> it's just that's just where we're at. You know, I saw some interesting tweet today. This blew my mind out of the. uh out of all the position players who have a certain number of at-bats, Yoan Moncada, there's like 302 guys who qualify for whatever statistic this is. Yoan Moncada is last. He's dead last in the major leagues mm-hmm. in average on-base percentage and slugging percentage. He's 302nd in all of them. But he's a beast at the same, <laughs> at the same time. So what, you know, how can you... Yep, that, that, was, that was what I thought too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to have both be true <laughs> at the same time, but um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just funny. Like it's like down goes Girardi, down goes Madden. It's like I know the Astros are doing good, but it's like you know if they want to just up and out of nowhere fire their first place manager Dusty Baker, it's like all right, come on now. And it's, it's Larus's last one to fall. Like he's the last shoe to drop. So do, do you think we'll go to another white Sox game before Larusa gets, uh, is forced to step down or is yeah, fired? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would, I would have to guess. Yes, that we yeah. will. We'll see Larusa manage again, but, um, you know, it also would not be surprising if, if he, if he wasn't, if, um, no. you know, whoever like friggin' Joe McEwing was managing the team. Or whoever I don't even know who would their interim guy be. Yeah, I mean Frank Frank Minichino, like he'll he'd probably be on the chopping block too. Who's who's their bench coach? He's the Luis Castillo. Oh, Miguel Cairo, right? Miguel Cairo, right? Yeah, yeah. so maybe Miguel Cairo. He <laughs> he was good enough to manage the uh, the Field of Dreams game because Tony Russo had a you know a luncheon to go to or something. <laughs> but yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Jack, one more um, thing uh, that I had. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news of this. I think it just happened today. Um, but did you see who got DFA'd? You're mean, right? Well, you're mean did, and Clint Frazier did. But there's another one who's uh, very uh, who is tied into our over unders. Ah, no, I did not. I did not. Chris Owings. We hardly oh, knew did he? Okay, yeah. I, you know, I looked at his at bats about a week ago, and I was like, man, this this guy's actually they're playing this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank goodness yeah there was um some talk too with a uh, listener of the show pete uh 
who was uh, who seems to be very very invested in in um, hitting you know Jack hitting the uh, the over on this one, um, but uh, but yeah they DFA'd him, um, and uh, yeah it's not it's not good I think he's he's done and uh, God God help help us if he gets signed to another team I mean the the, uh, the oh this well, this is one thing we didn't talk about too is uh, Dallas Keuchel got DFA'd and picked up by the the Diamondbacks right. Yes, he did. Is he is he on their their forty man right now? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, maybe yeah. I mean, so you know, never say never for Chris Owings, but uh, maybe he could go back. I, he was on the Diamondbacks, right? Uh, yeah, Owings was. Um, it, it, that's another thing, man. Like Chris Owings gets DFA'd, and somehow Josh Harrison is still on the White Sox. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I don't think Sox fans are happy about that. No. Um, yeah, okay, well, that's a good call, though. I'm safe. I'm safe for another year. Yes, unless he gets picked up by some... <laughs> right. You know. But if he can't make the Orioles, it's like, come on, you know. But, um, all right, well, uh, yeah, I don't know, Jack. Did you got anything else, or is that... Uh... No, I think that's about it. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, just wanted to do, like, the quick check-in um, for y'all. Like, uh, you know, we kind of... This is going to come out kind of, like, beginning of, you know, the week of the 13th or whatever, like, so... We kind of missed last week, but we kind of gave you a little fair warning about that anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will be going to a game. We have tickets in hand, so we'll be going uh, went to the Wednesday Cubs-Padres game. Um, so that should be interesting. Um, we may see Caleb Killian pitch um, mm-hmm. or another Cubs rookie because um, – that was going to be Miley's turn. I think Miley, I think Miley's on the IL. I think they put him back on. So the Cubs will need a starter for Wednesday. So, um, and Killian was also on, that would be Killian's like uh normal day of pitching. So I could see it happening, uh, which would be cool. Um, just don't check his Twitter, uh, followers, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. it would be cool to see him, uh, pitch, um, his second game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. All right. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, check out the social media. We're still we're still going strong with the rain delay player of the day. Yeah, uh, that's so that's at rain delay pod on Twitter um, and Instagram, uh, Facebook. Subscribe uh, on you know iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Whatever, and uh, leave a review, tell a friend, all that stuff. Um, and um, yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll catch you later this week with uh, the recap of the Cubs-Padres game. All right, cool. For Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Sikowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. See you later.